It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back again to Vondren Legal Hour. Attorney Steve Vondren here with you, licensed practice law in California and Arizona. And we are talking about 1542 releases, California Civil Code Section 1542 releases in settlement agreements. Get your popcorn ready. This is going to be exciting stuff here. Okay, so you're in a settlement conference, a settlement conference discussion or whatnot. You're about to enter into a settlement agreement. You're going to get your lawsuit settled. You may have already had your lawsuit settled, and you're going back and looking at this clause to say, hey, can I, can I still file a suit? Did I waive everything? Are there any other cases that I can bring? Is, it, is my rights, are we closed out here? Where are we? So that's where this section 1542 waiver in California comes in. Let's just read it real quick. California Civil Code section 1542 reads, A general release does not extend to claims which the creditor does not know or suspect to exist in his or her favor at the time of executing the release, which if known by him or her must have materially affected his or her settlement with the debtor. Okay, so that's a mouthful, right? And it's it's not even entirely clear what they're saying there. Is it creditor? You know, what's a general release? What's a claim? What's a creditor? Who's a debtor? Um, but I want to just talk real briefly about this clause. This is a clause you see um, in, in, I think, just about every settlement contract. But what it is, is it's a clause that basically says you're not releasing um, claims that are not known or suspected to exist. So, so in other words, you're, you have these rights, but you're not waiving things that you don't know. And so, for example, so say you have a personal injury and you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiving all my rights um, to what, what the clause is saying is you're not waiving your rights to any future claims or injuries that might come up. So what happens in a settlement is they say, well, I want you to waive this code section. I want you to, to basically waive this code section. So that, in other words, so you're not retaining any rights. We don't want you coming back and suing. We want to buy our piece. We want to close this case out once and for all. And we don't want to see you again. We don't want you suing us again. We don't want to be in court again on lots of times on anything that arises out of this set of facts or anything that arises out of this dispute is kind of what, what you look at in these settlement agreements. So that's something that you'll see in a typical settlement agreement, wanting you to, to waive that so you don't retain anything. Um, in addition to that type of language, um, good settlement contracts will go a step beyond that. There'll also be additional uh, contractual language that you'll see usually in addition to the 1542. That, so the 1542 would just be a piece of the settlement, one of the terms in there, but sometimes not. It depends. Um, and part of what I think is good lawyering is trying to get those those uh, clause minimal if you're the, the plaintiff 
and maximum if you're the defendant and you're trying to close your case out once and for, once and for all. So that's what attorneys negotiate in these settlement agreements when we get down and roll up our sleeves and the nitty gritty trying to get these cases resolved and, and settlement checks in and moved on and whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, you could see uh, other settlement uh, language such as, you know, you waive all claims that were raised or could have been raised, all unknown and unanticipated claims are waived, you know, so forth and so on. So, you know, before you sign a settlement agreement, really take a close look at it and see what it says. Get out your highlighter underline the sections where you're waiving rights and take a good look before you sign because once you sign um, there was there was some you know very strong presumption against you ever trying to break or bust that um, so first first tip take a good look at that see what it says see what you're waving okay um, what else let's talk about some potential grounds to get out of that or bust it or break it these kinds of things. I mean, you know, in, in, in law, not everything's absolute, even though maybe you signed one of these settlement agreements with one of these waivers, maybe you've waived your rights as to other contractual language. Doesn't always mean it's the end of the road. You have to look at the facts. Sometimes there are facts that would allow you to bust it or break it or file new claims, so to speak, or so forth and so on. Okay. Um, let's talk about some of these real quick. Uh, we wrote a blog on this. You can find it at askattorneysteve.com on our litigation blog. That's askattorneysteve.com, our litigation blog. But um, some grounds that uh, we would see here might be possible if there was a mistake or misapprehension. Um, it might be possible if the misapprehension was not due to the releasing party's neglect. Um, there was a case uh, called the Casey case that basically talked about this um, ground, but if there's a mistake, you were mistaken as to what you were releasing, that's a possibility, misapprehension. Um, there was a case where there was a release that was presented to and signed by the releaser during preparation for the funeral of his son. And so the circumstances can create grounds to um, bust these 1542. So, I mean, the person who's at a funeral for his son should not probably not be signing uh, settlement agreements. A little litigation tip for you out there. And that was the Jordan versus Guerra case, 23 Cal 2nd, 469. Um, there was another release. Uh, this is Renali versus Yellow Cab Company, a release to the releaser within a few hours after an accident had occurred in the taxi. Um, so the timing of when these waivers are signed can be an important thing to look at. When the releaser was presented to re release was presented to the releaser when he was still in the hospital suffering from injuries. Again, timing, time, place, and manner. That's the Smith versus Occidental uh, case, and that's 99 Cal 462 for you legal buffs. What else do we have here? When the release was presented to the releaser soon after the accident while he was still confined to a bed, though not in a hospital. So even though it wasn't in a hospital, in a bed. So, you know, these are these are factors on when you're going to have your clients sign settlement agreements. When did you sign a settlement agreement? And these kind of things can be even more um, important where you have elders in the state of California. California has a financial elder abuse law. 
in the Welfare and Institutions Code. And so, you know, you have an elder that's um, weak and recovering or this, that, or the other, you know, you need to be careful to make sure there's a good time to have them sign that it's on the right day in the right place in the right setting with the right um, advisors. Um, sometimes you have a financial power of attorney make sure they're present, everybody's signing. So these are things, very important things that you can look at um, what else? Well, we got what other goodies we have in the bag here? Um, some other California cases you can look at: McCray versus Casual Corner Inc. McCray versus Casual Corner Inc. That's eight twelve Federal Supplement Sup ten forty six Federal Supplement ten forty six. It's a key case regarding enforcing future unknown claim waivers in California. This case held that a release is an abandonment of a claim that might otherwise be enforced. It constitutes a defense to the assertion of a claim. Releases are subject to the provisions of California Civil Code Section 1542. We just talked about that. If the release specifically mentions unknown claims, independent evidence must demonstrate that the releaser intended to release unknown claims. So you could get into a position where somebody's saying, yeah, I wasn't releasing those claims. I was releasing these claims. You got it all wrong. And so you get to a point where you may need independent evidence to demonstrate what was actually released. So that's McCray versus Casual Corner, Inc. That's a close one to look at. And, um, you know, sometimes you see certain claims in a settlement agreement that it leaves open a little room. What, what are you actually waiving? And so, again, this comes back to the attorneys and what are they putting together and, and what are you agreeing to at the end of the day? Fraud or economic duress. Here's an interesting one. In California, a party may seek to invalidate a release if the party was induced to enter into the release by fraud or economic duress economic duress. Um, so that's something to look at. What is economic duress? Um, financially, you had no other choice. So forcing someone into a settlement, um, you know, sometimes you can look at this like in a foreclosure type uh, settlement. Um, you're, you know, if you don't have the funds and this and that, you're getting to the end. You might have an argument. This is the uh, Kaufman and Broad versus Unisys Corp case. Kaufman and Broad versus Unisys Corp case, 822 Fed and Fed's up 1468. So jot that down, Northern District, California. That's a 1993 case. Um, what else do we have? That's not it. We have more. Uh, we talked about the uh, couple things the court may look at. Again, this was that Casey versus Proctor case, 59 Cal Second, 97. As the court noted, there are some other factors that might be examined in a 1542 waiver case. A, the presence of bargaining and negotiating leading to the settlement. B, the closeness of the issue of liability. C, whether the subject of personal injuries was discussed. This is dealing with a personal injury case. And D, the reasonableness of the contention of the party. The injuries were, in fact, unknown at the time the release was executed. So in other words, again, you go back, you look at the facts, you look at the circumstances of these cases, and you see what was waived, you see what the party's uh, mindset was at the time, what they knew or should have known, what uh, was anticipated versus unanticipated, you know, all these things. So if you have a question, you're let's say you're about to sign a settlement agreement, give us a call. We can do a low flat rate fee and review your settlement agreement, help you decide what you're waiving, what you're not waiving. And sometimes 
Um, when somebody's rushing to get a settlement agreement across your desk, it's because um, they know they want to get this settled and they might even have more money or you might even be missing some claims that need to be raised. And so have your case reviewed. If you're not sure, you know, once you sign these things, like I said, lots of times the law will enforce what you sign and in your waivers, but there is grounds to look at these closely. If you're thinking about filing a new suit, but you're not sure if you settled your old suit and you waived all your claims, again, give us a call. We're happy to take a look at these and do it for a low flat rate fee. Okay, that's about it. 1542 waivers, exciting topic here in the state of California litigation warrior. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Everybody, thank you for joining the Vondren Legal Hour. We really appreciate you following our show and liking our show, sharing it on your social networks. Feel free. Please give us a link back. We'd be more than pleased. So anyway, thank you so much. Attorney Steve out. If you have need more information, go to askattorneysteve.com or go to our highly popular foreclosure defense website, foreclosurewarrior.com. We'll see you again. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.